Aloha Maui. Hello, this is Josh Porter. And Jason Verkart And Brian Thomas. Welcome to the Solar Coaster. This is a pretty cool show. First of all, it's pre-SPI, uh, Solar Power International, North American Smart Energy Week, uh, a couple other acronyms in there, but kind of the biggest yeah, we're thing. We're all stupidly excited. We're all stupidly excited, yeah. The kind of the biggest thing that's happening in renewable energies in the country is right around the corner, and the Solar Coaster is front and center as live social media correspondence throughout the four days. Very excited about that. Got a the lot of official, cool things. Forgot the official moniker there. Yeah, we're official. <laughs> And on the official channels and all that jazz. So yeah. a lot of a lot of, uh, lot of really smart people out there doing interesting stuff. Um, and uh, so we're going to talk all about uh, SBI and give a nice little preview there and try to keep you give you a sense of what to look out for. Uh, today's show, uh, we do have a really uh, cool guest calling in. His name is Dr. Ernst Galutschek. He's calling from uh, the Netherlands. And he is uh, a buddy and a friend of a friend from Eater, the fusion project in the south of France. He's a former, I, I believe, employee of Eater and uh, a physicist. And uh, he happens to be a maritime enthusiast uh, focusing specifically on cruising. And we kind of hooked up uh, around the time that EcoShip was part of our, uh, our kind of focus. And we were doing a lot of discussion about the electrification of aviation or about the, the greening of aviation. I, I'm sorry, did I say aviation? Maritime. The greening of maritime. maritime. <laughs> The reducing of GHGs, greenhouse gases. So uh, Ernst, a really yeah, cool. Instead of burning that that heavy diesel bunker fuel, I mean, there are other ways to power a ship. I mean, we we used to do it with wind. <laughs> there you go. There you go. So he's going to talk about all that, give us a little bit of his cool background about the things he's involved with, and we'll be able to uh, to jump in there and, and learn all about it. So I think we should jump right into our show, Jay. Uh, we got a lot to cover. Okay. So, hey, folks, Absolutely. this is The Solar Coaster. We are a renewable energy-themed talk show right here in lovely Maui County. It can be found Fridays at 105 p.m. on Kaoi 1110 a.m. Also, some FM stations, 96.7 FM Central Maui, 96.5 FM Westside, 98.7 FM Upcountry. Jay's in there somewhere. www.solar-coaster.com. Uh, you can listen live if you if I can get through the uh, the internet here. <laughs> um, we stream a whole lot of stuff. We're actually going to see a whole lot of stuff coming out of the <laughs> SBI show, as we mentioned. We'll be posting that to all our social channels, um, YouTube especially. But you can go right there, uh, solar-coaster.com, get all our old shows. That's the most important bit. Is if you have an interest in something in solar or renewables, chances are we've talked about it by now. Um, get on there and and uh, check them out. Also, you can subscribe to our mailing list and or um, send questions to the solar coaster. So if you have some question about getting solar yourself or an electric vehicle or whatever else, I mean, we've been researching this stuff for a couple of years now, uh, tap our knowledge, use us for that. Uh, send us questions. We actually got a couple uh, emails last week we didn't respond to yet, Jay. We got, we got to give people a oh, call back. Okay, yep. So you need, uh, need to do that. Um, yeah, iTunes, that. Stitcher, and TuneIn also all carry the solar coaster. So uh, tell tell Siri to play your uh, your podcast. There you go. There you go. We've got some great sponsors: Sundrum Solar, Pantech Design, and LG Chem. Uh, looks like a lot of these folks are going to be re-upping uh, for the upcoming year. So thank you to that. Um, uh, this is a call-in show. If you'd like to give us a shout and ask some questions, 808-242-7800 is the call-in line. Please go for it. Uh, let's listen to this Pantech Design Minute. Pantech Design Minute number five, smart, configurable backup power during grid outage. It's all in the circuit breakers. Systems with controllable circuit breakers, a Sonon Ecolinks battery, and an Adapt EA energy automation package can benefit from what's called smart, configurable backup functionality. 
This allows the system not only to focus on managing excess energy production over what you're consuming, but further tailor energy consumption based on needs and priority defined by you, the homeowner. So in the event of a power outage, the system will provide backup power to specific circuits based on a predefined set of rules in the ADAPTEA package. When a power outage occurs, the Sonin Equilinks begins providing backup power to the main panel. You are notified by ADAPT that it is providing backup power to your home, and you're presented with options on what you would like to power. If no option is selected, the system can be configured to default to a predefined mode of operation. The ADAPTEA package then sends the selected profile to the controllable breakers, which then actuate the selected circuits to on or off position based on the user's selection or the predefined mode of operation. This unprecedented control and functionality allows you to have more power over longer run times for only the devices you need during an outage scenario, delivering safety, security, and functionality when your family needs it most. This has been the Pantech Design Minute. Okay, so I'm excited to um, to hear from Pantech Design when we get out to SBI this year. We've got a couple of meetings uh, scheduled with Megan and Troy and uh, some of their compatriots. Uh, so it'll be really cool to see what the new stuff is. Um, all righty. So let's jump right into our uh, news and events. Looks like uh, we may or may not have uh, Jason into this, but we do have uh, Brian Thomas in the studio, right? So you and I can kind of throw it back and forth if in, we have Jay is there. <laughs> Jay, sure, you there, sure. buddy? <laughs> No, he's not. Okay. Uh, occasionally. It seems like there's an extreme delay today. Everybody's using the internet. All righty. Well, let's let's take a look at uh, Global and Solar Edge. I know Brian had a couple of ideas here, too, so feel free to jump in at any moment, Brian. Sure. Um, so we, uh, we're going to – Solar Edge basically is one of many uh, of the companies that are going to be offering uh, these new residential storage options at SPI. Jay, did you get a chance to look at this? Mm, no Vericart. Okay. So, uh, well, effectively, uh, Absolutely. oh, there you are. There you are. Jump on, buddy. Yeah, it's just, it's just extremely delayed. Okay. Can we, can we keep you on, or is we want to try another call? Oh, oh losing him. Okay. We'll try no, let's keep going. Yeah, we'll try it back. So we're gonna. So, so in any case, uh, Solar Edge offered a press release, as did many of the uh, organizations that will be uh, contacting at uh, at SBI. Uh, and then SolarEdge is, you know, they're the leader in right now in, in residential uh, inversion, right? So they have the blind share of the residential market. I think it's something like 60%. And, and, they were, and that wasn't always the case, right? So this uh, uh, um, uh, press release that they issued, they always do this, you know, pre, uh, pre-show. They're talking about how they're moving into the, a couple of big things here. Uh, they're upgrading their storage inverter, transitioning to the HD wave technology, uh, and they have a new backup interface. So they're able to provide whole house backup, which is really intriguing. Uh, the new storage inverter is designed to support a, a, a backup generators. This has really not been the case yet, right? So having a backup generator to be able to power your batteries kind of gives you the sense of unlimited power, really, which is really remarkable. I think a couple of other uh, companies are going to be looking to issue similar types of of announcements. I uh, just got off the phone with Generac today. I think they're going to be talking about that. Um, they're able to stack up to three storage inverters. Uh, they're able to, this is all DC coupled, of course, and uh, and it's very very cool stuff. Two batteries each, right? Now, the really interesting thing, though, is that SolarEdge purchased this uh, Korean battery manufacturer called Kokum. I don't know if you've been on your radar, Brian. Nope. But 
uh, Jay and I saw them at Intersolar uh, in, in Munich, uh, Kokum as a separate booth. They were right there. They had just been acquired by Solar Edge. And, uh, you know, what's interesting about that is LG has been their, their battery of choice to be DC coupled with, right? Of course, an AC coupled fashion, they have Tesla, right? They work with Tesla pretty closely. But um, now it looks like uh, Solar Edge is bringing in their own battery solution. And we should be able to see that for the first time in a booth with uh, Lior Handelsman. We actually have a, a schedule. And that, and that happened pretty rapidly. I mean, that, that announcement was um, back in October of last year so not quite a year but to, from less than a year from we've acquired these guys to hey we have a full integrated product now this is amazing stuff they're, and, they're and, moving fast and jay solar edge you know these guys one of the things that i've noticed about the solar industry over the last 10 years is that these companies that start up a lot of them are they're kind of uh young they're almost like teenagers like they they they, they might have one innovation that's great but they don't have a good <laughs> supply chain or they don't have a good you know a good operations department or who knows what but there seems to be a lot of little little uh, disruptions in the armor right there right i see that on a regular mm -hmm. basis solar edge however has been a pretty professional outfit across the entire uh arc of their business uh it, from from yeah, an early and stage and they've been growing steadily because of it i mean they we remember when solar at least in the early days when them i mean Enphase was the name of the game all day long little micro inverters all over everybody's houses but solar edge was making steady progress through the entire last decade <laughs> and and like you said now they have a, a huge a huge market share and there's a reason for it because because of that <laughs> professional and and you know jay and josh are the the solar and renewable wizards but brian me my perspective is on the investment side and and I manage money for a living and have uh, an investment management firm but if you look at solar edge as a stock it's ticker symbol s e d g mm -hmm. the stock is doing fantastic and we, and we've talked about in the previous show about uh, it's the number one ETF of the year so far ticker symbol t a n tan right. it's a basket of solar stocks but one way someone who may not be an investor but can see the relevance of these companies and how they're doing is pull up a chart of that of that stock and, and it's a great looking chart and it's doing very well. And so- So Solar Edge itself, the Solar yeah, Edge chart. Just that chart. And like, like Enphase is doing very well. It, but it shows you, the takeaway is that these companies are doing well. And, and for me, it's an exciting time uh, to see the confluence of this technology and the costs are still coming down. So, you know, there's a reason why that ETF is the number one ETF so far year to date. And, and it's definitely maybe ahead of itself, and it does have some risk on it, but the solar unfolding and the confluence of both the storage, demand management, and, and if you look at SolarEdge, uh, they'll have a smart energy hot water and smart switches and sockets controlled by a new homeowner at MySolarEdge. So they're going to bring all this. I mean, it's powerful stuff. It is powerful stuff. And the, the integration of um, smart energy hot water, it, we know that other companies are going after that same thing because it's a massive load. Yeah. And there's methods that they're, they're using similar methods, right? Sure. Um, and then the smart switches and sockets. This is Eaton. This is Schneider. This is Lumen. This is all these companies are out there working on that same technology. because. And just today, I saw a, an ex-Tesla executive coming out saying, it's all in the smart panel. So it's like guys are sitting here saying it's centered in that particular area. That's the control uh, mechanism. And, yeah. and our panels could become one of the most important pieces of the whole puzzle. Right. And, and, and it had to, you had to do the generation first, then come storage, but then you're starting to move up the, the value chain a little bit by, by bringing in some knowledge and then and the control level of it. And, and that's what's occurring right now. Intelligence. Yeah. Intelligence. There you go. Yeah, it's super cool. So, <laughs> so they just wanted to kind of st start on that solar edge announcement and then just kind of reference that 
we think there are probably half a dozen companies that are working towards similar goals but are very far down that road. We're going to be pulling back the veil on that over the course of the next week. So stay stay tuned to our social channels. Uh, Jay, you want to give a kind of a description of what they are? <laughs> Solar Coaster. If you search for Solar Coaster on Instagram, uh, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, <laughs> all that we're, stuff. we're all out there. You, have, you now need to look for the new orange and blue uh, waveform. Little circle oh, yeah. logo. Cool little logo. Uh, but I mean, we're going to see, I think we're going to see a lot of other companies moving towards similar goals. And then it would be super cool to see how they differentiate. Like, exactly. what, what's, what is the distinction between mm -hmm. these two? And then do we have a feeling or a gut instinct of, wow, that run really seems like it'll work well, or that seems like they're going to be able to deliver that? A lot of the times, companies will talk about this stuff, yeah. and it's vaporware. You won't see it for six months, a year, two years sometimes. Well, we'll bring Elon in down the road. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Has Elon got back to you, Jay? Because we've been trying him for a little bit. So <laughs> there's a whole show where to happen on that I, one. I've been in touch with his press people, but we haven't, we haven't made any no confirmations as of yet. All right, he'll just so, he'll just wander in. <laughs> All right, so let's talk a little bit about um, we I, we actually we just touched base on a couple of these uh, these uh, national areas, Jay. But that SunPower launches its own residential battery system with Equinox storage. So here's, here's another yeah, one here's here's another example. Pretty much the same thing. SunPower um, now SunPower has traditionally been um, working with uh, Tesla and um, Sonin for their installs. And they're now announcing that they have their own uh, Equinox storage system that's going to go part of part of their whole their whole package, so their integrated package. Wow. Um, it's, I mean, it's a really, really interesting thing because now they have a fully integrated residential storage system designed, engineered, and warranted by a single entity, a single company. There's only, I think you say that, one neck to choke. Um, to when, choke. when there's yeah. a problem, you call um, sun power. That's, that's really the only, <laughs> that's I'm gonna, it. I'm going to have to plug in my computer while we're talking here, Jay. I, I think that mm -hmm. one of the things that's interesting about this integration of all these different technology is that the, the, whether they're a panel company starting to white label and bring in batteries and inverters and other technologies, or whether they're an inverter company starting to white label other stuff, right? Then it's, it's, mm -hmm. it, you have to ask yourself at that stage of the game, Okay, so we've got one neck to choke. We love that phrase, right? One company to worry mm -hmm. about. LG just pushed out a similar uh, press release uh, just uh, hours ago saying only company yep. with one brand, an appliance brand that you know, right? But which one is kind of the most important to know inherently as your company business? Is it the battery chemistry? Mm -hmm. Is it the controls? Is it the generation? I'm not sure, but I tend to lean, I lend to, let lead towards, uh, lean towards uh, uh, controls, like in the inverter space. That seems to be the area that's the most kind of important to really, really know inside and out. And then yeah, you absolutely. I mean, it's tremendously important because we've had issues where certain inverter companies weren't, weren't licensed to sell in our state, for example, because they couldn't completely eliminate their export. And that's, that's a, a control function of, of the inverter. It, it can reduce export quite a bit. You're not, you're not putting power out on the lines. But if you can't bring it to zero and the utility thinks that you're going to be at zero and they send somebody out to work on the lines, I mean, you can, you can hurt somebody. So it's, it's really, really important that you have the right controls in place. And, and it'll be interesting to see sort of uh, the ones that have industrial automation experience because they're the ones that have sort of better process control and switching and... Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, not that these companies don't, but those other companies, there are some companies that are further down the road on that expertise. Yeah. All right. Well, let's shift gears a little bit because we <laughs> talked about batteries inverters a whole lot. Um, I just got news that Amazon ordered 100,000 electric delivery trucks. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty amazing. Um, 
100,000? Yeah. What, that, like, what is that? 100,000 electric that delivery trucks. Now, this is, the, granted, this is this is an ongoing order um, up until uh, 2040, right? So they're not going to get all 100,000 trucks immediately. And in <laughs> fact, they're ordering them from Rivian, which is that startup we covered uh, late last year as well they um, with their electric <laughs> chassis. Um, they have this, the skateboard, right? Which is, which is basically some a, a truck chassis that you can build anything on. Of course, one, one, one of the things you can do is build a delivery truck on top of it. Now, yeah. Amazon invested $700 million in Rivian uh, back in February. Um, they also announced that Rivian also announced that they got $350 million from uh, Cox Automotive, which is a, a large um, behind the scenes kind of automotive uh, investment company. Um, and then Ford. Uh, invested another 500 million in Rivian, so they're going to be using the the Rivian chassis as well. It seems like Rivian's just really, really, really taken off, and they were on the solar coaster first. But <laughs> that's right, but the, I almost uh, forget. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> but the but the but the going on just to see that um, Bezos specifically targeted this as listen, we're going to make Amazon um, carbon neutral by. 2040, 10 years earlier, and the reason why is because the climate change climate crisis uh has has seems to be more aggressive than even more most of the serious predictions have been that's kind of a paraphrase of, of what he was what he was saying um they're outlining what's called a climate pledge this is, which this any, is company can, any company can adopt and um and and it's to to reduce your carbon footprint by any and all means <laughs> That's something. That's something right there. Yeah. And, oh, well, and uh, you know what amazed me about Rivian and about about uh, Amazon taking this step is it just shows such clear confidence in. First of all, he comes out and he funds Rivian for seven hundred thousand dollars. Right, he's the first one. Was Amazon? I think afterwards Ford yep. filed. Uh, Ford came in, and then just recently, someone another company put another few hundred million into Rivian. So these guys are kind of the darling, right? And that just happened. And like mm -hmm. Jay said, we did feature them before. They opened the doors of the LA Auto Show right here, before the doors were open, and they, oh, were, they were, yes, I just <laughs> want to say how happy I was about that with Michael McHale, who since moved on from Rivian, by the way, he's no longer the communications uh, main guy. Um, but, you know, I think it's really amazing to see that the confidence that uh, Bezos has, and obviously that guy's quite a businessman, so it says a lot about what's coming, 100,000 well, I think trucks. I think all of it says that, you know what, we had a, Tesla kind of missed the boat, is that we really, really had a serious demand for an electric truck electric pickups, electric transportation vehicles, um, not, not just not just passenger vehicles. And and they just weren't satisfying the demand. So Rivian stepped up and there's your demand. Well, here's the question. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Here's the question I have. You know, when I think about Tesla, right now there's another article which we won't get a chance to, t to talk about too much, but Tesla says their Model mm -hmm. S plaid time at the Nürburgring, did I say that right, gentlemen? Over, uh, yeah, the Nürburgring. Is going to kind of blow everything else out of the water. Or they're going they, to have the Roadster is going to come out there and be the, the the fastest time ever, right? So this language is out there about Tesla, and when you when you think about what's going on with Tesla and all these other companies, so they, they basically smoked the Porsche taken, where everyone was super excited about that, right? And so, but here's the thing: the the, the battery technology, the the electric motors inside of this of this Tesla, there's some magic sauce in there that really seems like it's still way beyond anything else that's coming to market. Do you guys disagree with me, or is that mm -hmm. about right? Well, it seems that um, I <laughs> Jay's like, let me think. <laughs> but I, yeah. Yeah, I've, I've got all the lap times in front of me of all different vehicles because I did my research before this show. And there's still a lot of vehicles that just blow this out of the water. But you're getting in the multi-million dollar territory for these cars. Oh, so right. So it's not um, – In terms of our production. It's, it's, not a, it's not a normal thing. These, are, these aren't 
regular my, my, everyday my, my seem point, on the street my, kind of vehicle. My point is very is very simple. It's like if 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 Bezos has the confidence to not only fund Rivian but also buy or commit to a hundred thousand uh, truck purchase, that says to me that there's some kind of of technical kind of competition going on between Rivian and Tesla that's beyond simply we made a pickup truck. Well, this guy's right. Yeah, that's that's unequivocal. You know, I mean, there's something the, happening there in that in that strategy that Rivian's employed yeah. that is making it, uh, you know, really something special. So and, that we got to follow that. Yeah, and, and we could have a whole show on Tesla, and we ought to talk about it at some point because uh, it's 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 a hotly debated thing in the investment world: Tesla stock, bulls versus the bears. And, uh, yeah, and, and we could. That's a show. A, it's a rabbit hole we can go down, and I'd love to go down there. And The uh, Tesla rabbit hole. We'll talk about that. But um, Very correct. Can you hear me? you want to do a little bit of the, this awesome yacht about ele- in, in electrification? The Sino Yacht Architectural Design Company uh, revealed a 112-meter hydrogen electric super yacht concept yes. called the Aqua. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Brian's a, Brian's a sailor. He's sitting right here. We're all kind of like, ooh, boy. And you, and, you, and, you, and you spend time on the water as well. You look at this thing, though. I mean, it's, it looks like something out Ridiculous. of James Bond. <laughs> Ridiculous. Yeah, it's, it's the bad guy in James Bond. It's not the good it's guy. It's the bad guy ship <laughs> in James Bond. It really is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you know, we, I, I, I picked that out because it happened to come out today, or at least I saw it yesterday or something. And, of course, uh, Ernst is going to be talking about cruising and about uh, speci- you know maritime, but specifically about cruising. That's his, that's his focal point. So when I saw that, I thought, oh, what could be better? And, of course, EcoShip, which we've been talking about for a year and a half and kind of heavily engaged in, uh, they are, uh, you know, they're putting together a ship, and that ship is likely to have its first engine is going to be an LNG uh, diesel hybrid. So they weren't jumping right on the hydrogen bandwagon, and we had a couple of chats about that. But to see, but a lot of the guys we met at SPI last year were saying, hey, hydrogen in big ships right now is doable. It's something you can yeah, do. Yeah, makes absolute sense. And makes that's absolute the, sense. You this, get support for it. You can you can actually fractionate um, seawater into hydrogen on board if you're in an emergency kind of situation, uh, and have some solar to do it. So you can sort of refill your tanks and limp home. I mean, there's 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 a lot of neat options with hydrogen in in uh, maritime. But it looks like it's the uh, refueling um, issue, the infrastructure or lack of infrastructure issue that is the is the thing, right? That's why hydrogen is you know for like a cruise ship like EcoShip where they got to be out there. Well, and we're seeing doing... the same thing with aviation though. I mean, you have large solar installations at an airfield but they don't actually have the facility to pump hydrogen yet but we're talking about two industries that are very well regulated they they have process docks and everything else and once everybody's trained up on it i don't think it's it's nothing like your hydrogen powered vehicle where you have to train um your your average soccer mom or somebody to to pump hydrogen which is not necessarily (laughs) a safe thing to do you know (laughs) okay we got we got we really got to head over to our commercials but just before that i want to give a shout out to uh gregory kresge the new uh, i don't have the title in front of me i think it's manager of electric vehicles is that right jay yeah exactly that he was the um director of renewable energy projects and now he's specifically targeting the uh, electric vehicle sector we do have some news that i've been trying to get to um about pricing on maui specifically about electric vehicles uh it's going to be lower it's going to be scaled which means if you charge your vehicle at the mall during uh sunshine hours then you're going to get a better rate than if you try to go home and plug it in in the dark look at that okay i'm on my last ice Auto, internal combustion engine automobile. Well, and, and speaking of that, this week, Mercedes, Daimler, the folks that invented the internal, right. they invented the internal combustion engine. 
they're phasing out development on internal combustion engines, moving to electric. Oof. I thought that was pretty profound. And even Jeez. Ford, too, is making announcements in that regard. So Unbelievable. Unbelievable yeah. stuff. Okay, time for a commercial break, and we will come right back with Dr. Ernst Galuchek calling in from the Netherlands to talk about maritime. LG is a leader in the home electronics industry and manufactures some of the most popular PV panels, as well as many other appliances we've come to know and appreciate over the years. The same LG brand offers the LG Chem Rezu battery line for your home energy storage needs. Here in Hawaii, their primary model is the LG 10H Rezu with 9.3 kilowatt hours of usable capacity. The LG 10H Rezu can be used both to maximize consumption of solar energy at home and also functions as a source of backup power in the event that the grid goes down. LG Chem has increased production of their battery line for Hawaii's renewable energy solar market. Contact your local solar provider to learn more about the LG Chem 10H Rezu battery. Sundrum Solar is the manufacturer of a revolutionary thermal collector that fits on the underside of your standard PV panel to maximize energy capture per square foot. The Sundrum Solar Hybrid PVT system combined photovoltaic and thermal holds the world record for peak efficiency, capturing an astounding 86% usable energy. Learn how Sundrum Solar vastly improves electric, heating, and cooling economics at sundrumsolar.com. Pantech Design is ushering the world into a new age of home energy automation through the convergence of smart home technologies and renewable energy management. Unifying solar energy production, intelligent energy storage, and smart breaker technologies with smart home devices, Pantech Design's complete home energy automation suite incorporates unprecedented control of lighting, shades, climate, security, hot water, electric vehicle charging, and many other systems. Contact Pantech today at PantechDesign.com. Pantech Design, uh, great company, and uh, looking forward to seeing them, like I just said earlier. But I know they have some new things going on, and I don't know what they are. Even though we talked, we, we in fact, we just signed the NDA, right, <laughs> So we can't talk about it, I suppose. But uh, it's uh, there's something special happening with Pantech. We're going to get a sense for what it is. I think it has to do with some new software and some new controls and uh, kind of better granularity and being able to really control everything with your ADAPT system in your home. So excited to hear about that. So, uh, hey, folks, we're going to jump over and talk with uh, Dr. Ernst Galuchek. He should be on the line now. Ernst, can you hear us okay? Yes, I can hear you. Welcome to the Solar Coaster, Dr. Ernst. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us. How are you today? Oh, I'm fine. So thanks for having me on your show. Uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to talk to you about uh, cruise ships, passenger ships, and shipping in general. Yeah, and we're excited as well. You know, it's uh, it's it's pretty cool because we met through a mutual friend, Steve Lego, really interesting guy, a physicist over at Eater. And I was asking Steve, I said, hey, you know, do you know anybody that's that's into energy and shipping? And then he said, oh, there's this guy Ernst, and that's what he does. He's like big time maritime <laughs> cruising aficionado. And you were the first person that popped into his his brain. So you guys know each other from a while back. Yes, yeah. So we we met at Eater. We are both very passionate about fusion. So I think that's, uh, we, Steve and me, we are passionate about fusion for the same reason you are passionate uh, about solar. And yeah, I would like, of course, uh, I would like to see also uh, more clean ships in the future. Uh, I, I don't think fusion will be the solution for that, but there are some <laughs> other interesting options. Huh? Very good. Very good. Well, uh, let's get a sense for your background, who you are and how you've come to this kind of time in your life. And, uh, and can you tell us a little bit about yourself, please? Yeah. So by training, I'm a physicist. Um, I graduated uh, 
on atomic and plasma physics topics related to nuclear fusion. But uh, my interests were always rather scattered, and this also reflected itself in, in my career. And I always tried to pick up as much naval architecture on the side, of course, since I'm interested in ships. However, I always wanted to balance that with my other interests. So I evolved into a systems engineer and later project manager. And <clears throat> I'm now very happy to work at ASML in Eindhoven here in the Netherlands, uh, developing lithography systems for the semiconductor industry. So that's what I do uh, professionally. But yeah, since uh, 40 years now, I'm, I'm traveling by ship. And uh, yeah, this is kind of my my second nature. That's your that's your your yeah. your, your your focal point, your hobby, your your interest, your passion. You know, um, yeah. there are other there are other folks out there like you, uh, Doctor Ernst. I've met some yeah. people that cruising is kind of their thing. They know all the history of the cruise ships. They mm -hmm. have favorites. They talk about ships. They talk about the systems in ships. You know, and uh, actually, a good friend of mine, um, El Eric Ellison, his father was a shipping uh, guy, and we worked together mm -hmm. on the Peace Boat years back. So, um, you know, what is it about ships that you love? And and then I, I think there's an interesting conversation here because shipping is is very romantic and it's really uh, you know it's it's something that is integral for our lives you know in moving uh, not only uh, you know equipment but also uh, of course passengers back and forth around the globe it's an awesome way to travel um, but you know it, of course it's, it's now there's a huge impact on um, with GHGs and the conversation of climate change so what is it about ships that you love so what I love is indeed what you said it, it's an awesome way of travel I think it's the most civilized way of traveling yeah? And uh, that's a combination of things. It, it, I'm very passionate about the ocean and maybe water in general, you know. It, to watch the waves, that's just beautiful to me. And, and to have to feel the, the ocean breeze in my face, that's something I really profoundly enjoy. Yeah? However, as you said, uh, passenger shipping, and these days that's mostly uh, cruise ships, uh, is criticized a lot recently, and I think for, for the right reason. So ships maybe got a bit too large. Yeah? And uh, of course, um, yeah, they are polluting. Yeah? So many ships uh, use uh, fuels that uh, are high on, on sulfur content. And uh, this criticism already shows effects. So the industry is now turning away from that. They are now uh, turning to, to alternatives like liquid nitrogen gas. Yeah? Uh, and yeah, I, I would like to, to, uh, this to continue yeah? because I see a, a huge opportunity uh, with, with shipping. Yeah? Uh, for instance, if you want to show a Calvin Glacier in Alaska to thousands of people, yeah? uh, a ship enables you to do that. Yeah? And you can do that with a ship without building any roads or other structures right. into that sensitive environment. So if we get ships to be clean, it's a fantastic opportunity to allow a lot of people to connect uh, with nature. I, I hear you, and I and I really understand that because I had spent some time on on you know the peace boat for years in my twenties, and it always amazed me uh, how much an impact travel could have. You, I mean, you're dealing with a lot of people, and you don't you know you don't have to have a negative impact on the environment. Of course, a lot of the times the current vessels do, and that was always a, a, a source of dialogue and debate and argument, and sometimes heated, right? So what's interesting about it is you know of course if you're thinking about traveling, you you know not everyone has the time these days to be able to take a cruise, but it is possible. 
possible, and it is, and, and aviation is now coming under similar kind of criticism, right? And aviation is probably a longer timeline of development and integration of, of technologies that will reduce GHGs, I would suspect. You could, I, and what do you think? I mean, do you think we can make bigger impacts on maritime sooner than aviation? I mean, that's my read. Um, I, I would say so. So, indeed, it, it is inherently more difficult to decarbonize uh, jet travel. Yeah? You need these, these high-density fuels, uh, and, and that is a bigger challenge. However, uh, there's a lot of blame on aviation recently, but um, it's insofar maybe a bit unfair since this industry really tries to be fuel efficient. Yeah? Maybe not so much out of noble causes, but fuel is just a, a very important cost factor for them. Huh? So aeroplanes are, in fact, already very, very efficient huh? if you think about what they do. The problem is just that this is readily available, and when you choose to fly, you fly very far. So then it again becomes a, a rather large impact per travel or person. Huh? Right. So yes, I believe ships will be easier. Huh? So let's talk a little bit about some of the technology shifts or some of the opportunities. I mean, not only are you a maritime cruising enthusiast, you have an, kind of an intimate kind of knowledge of these ships and, and some of their liabilities like we just talked about, but what are some of the technical shifts that we could see happen uh, that would enable that uh, reduction of GHGs? Now, you mentioned LNG, that liquid natural gas. Uh, as a as yep. a as a as a change from diesel or bunker fuel, I believe is kind of the primary fuel for cruising, right? And then so that changes the types of emissions, changes I suppose some of the uh, greenhouse gases, like the mix and how how potent that is for you know impact on climate change. What are some of the uh, what are some of the big kind of potential technical potentials, I guess, uh, of of cruising? Yeah, so liquid natural gas that's happening essentially. Yeah. So uh, some years ago, it was, I think, 2013, the first big passenger ship, the Viking Grace, that's a ferry serving between uh, Finland and uh, Sweden, uh, was launched. And, and uh, this was kind of the proof of principle that this is doable. And uh, this year, a, a really large cruise ship, Gaita Nova, uh, um, that's the first of a series of ships for the Carnival Group, has been launched. And, uh, yeah, this ship is indeed running on LNG. Yeah? So <clears throat> LNG solves a very prominent problem of, of, of shipping that the, the, sulfur dio uh, the sulfur oxide and uh, to a certain extent also the nitrogen oxide uh, emission. Um, but it reduces, of course, greenhouse gases only uh, to a certain extent. So depending on whom you talk to, it's uh, maybe even worse than coal because the... the um, well to tank efficiency is maybe not yet there due to the lacking infrastructure, but yeah, the potential is there that you can reduce by 25% with, with liquid natural gas uh, compared to uh, what you would get when you run on, on, on a diesel-like fuel or, or heavy fuel. Huh? However, uh, yeah, um, I, I heard you talking about hydrogen. Yeah? I think that's, that's a bit farther out there. Yeah? Uh, but yeah, sorry. And uh, wanted to say something. well, also yeah. I was going to say uh, it also helps that the U.S. is is awash in natural gas, cheap natural gas. So and and they've allowed to export liquefied LNG, so or liquefied natural gas. So you know that's helping shipping, I imagine, a little bit too, right? Yes, yes. So it's it, when I say the infrastructure is not yet there, then it's maybe not entirely true. There is of course some infrastructure for liquid natural gas, as opposed to hydrogen. Huh? 
for hydrogen, we do not have much infrastructure right now. And there yeah, I, I see the difficulty that you really need huge quantities for large ships. Yeah. Jay, so, do you want to jump in, yeah. Jason? Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I do have one. There's a conversation there with, with LNG versus hydrogen. I mean, yeah. both... A shift to either one requires a significant amount of rollout of infrastructure, right? We need to come up with ways to store it, ways to transport it, where it's going to go, how we're going to consume it. And the, the issue I have is that hydrogen technology is growing so fast that if we kind of wait it out, I mean, if, if, for example, if we did go full on LNG, let's use what we have. Uh, it's cheap. It's plentiful. We know how to manipulate it. Um, but then we basically end of life that infrastructure after 15, 20 years. It's extremely wasteful in my mind. And so, so you're, I'd, you're I'd a, rather you're a proponent, kind of it out. And, you're a proponent for the, moving the, the hydrogen whole, whole, whole hog. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, but specifically yeah. for that reason, it's, it, seems, it seems like an absolute waste to go out and use something that is, well, yes, it's less carbon, but it's not carbon free. And you're, you're going to junk that entire infrastructure at the end of a 20-year period? Uh, well, except for the fact that those companies that are tasked to build it with their own money have now the opportunity to make money. And so that's what's driving that LNG as opposed to hydrogen. So, I mean, in other right, words, um, it, it's, yeah, it, 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 it's a marketplace. Short-term game, long-term loss. <laughs> so, um, Ernst, do you, what do you think? Is it, is it how far out... <clears throat> Is whole hydrogen in a ship, for example? I mean, are we are we only five years out from being able to see that, or is that something that's longer? Well, well, there is there is one uh, cruise line that claims that they will launch a hydrogen-powered cruise ship uh, in in three to five years. Huh? Um, I have to say, I I believe it when I see it. Yeah? And that might also be a limited scope uh, regarding where you, where you can operate this ship. Huh? So I think LNG is, is not um, a bad intermediate step, huh? but I agree that um, we need a, a roadmap towards entirely decarbonizing shipping. Like we have to decarbonize uh, all, all sectors. Huh? Okay, so... Nevertheless, what do yeah. you th well? Do you think that so we've got LNG as as one one yeah. strategy? We have hydrogen as another, right? And yeah. maybe one's a little bit more easily accessible at the moment. Uh, are there are there other technologies that are significant? I mean, what do you think about uh, sails on ships? What do you think about uh, solar on ships? I mean, what do you think about? I, I heard you want to talk about putting a SMR on a ship. <laughs> What's yeah. the? Yeah, well, well, yeah, SMR, SMR. That we can talk about that later. Um, <laughs> I think so. First. To to sales, yeah. So um, there are indeed initiatives again and again. I have to say to to bring back sales, yeah. So a very prominent one for cargo is now Neoline. Yeah, that's a, a French company, I think. They already signed a contract with Renault to transport cars from Europe across the Atlantic to Canada. Yeah? So th this is a rather small ship compared to the large container vessels we are used to these days. But it is already a quite large vessel, so it's, it's a 160-meter-long uh, ship. Huh? Um, so I think it is, it is possible. I'm a bit surprised that it is uh, not more common in the cruise industry. We have uh, cruise ships under sail. There, there, there were some uh, modern cruise ships built in the 80s, which are quite uh, large for a sailing ship. In fact, the largest sailing, sailing ship in the world right now is the, the Windsurf, built as, as Club Med 1. Yeah? It's a 
a 200 meter long ship for 400 passengers. Huh? So I think there you just have to do it. Huh? That's uh, you don't have to develop new technology that's available. Huh? So that that the, the incorporating a um, a hard sail, for example, or like a wing on a ship right now, you're saying yeah. is, isn't very technically uh, difficult to do. Yeah, so a wing is a different story. I, I, I understand the motivation that you want to have a wing instead of a piece of cloth yeah, that has uh, some advantages when you're maybe restricted in, in height. Yeah? Uh, there are, however, already some, some uh, yachts that, that use that technology, so it, it's also not unknown or new. Huh? But uh, more conventional sails already automated to a high degree, so you wouldn't need a, a crew that has to hit the rig. That already exists. Yeah, like like on uh, Maltese and, Maltese Falcon and such like that. I mean, just ex- yes, yes, for instance, excellent cutting edge technology. I mean, you need that's to, a yacht, right? It's, it's a like, private yacht. Yeah, is that Microsoft guy? Yeah, uh, different different guy. guy. Okay, so we got a couple of different technologies, kind of more more conventional sails may be the way to go rather than a wing because it's easier and kind of more evolved already, right? And, and, and you can bring in, like we talked about and Ernst was saying, process controls, automation controls. It's just, it, I mean, they're doing it. It's not that right. difficult. And right. then even, yeah. you know, there's um, there are some companies that, and I was part of the original kite crossing. We went to Maui to Molokai, but put a kite up in the air, right. powered by ship, and again, control it because the wind is... Uh, stronger the higher you go. There you go. There you go. Some innovation there here in Maui. So, okay, uh, what about, uh, I want to just kind of run the gambit here. What about using solar on a ship? Is this a a meaningful, uh, important piece of the puzzle? Is it a small piece of the puzzle? What's your view on it? I think it's a small piece of the puzzle. Right. So, it's still worth doing for, you know, every droplet of fuel saved is uh, a gain, huh? But um, if you if you look at the numbers, uh, uh, then uh, the numbers are not in your favor, I'm afraid. So the, the, the several 10 megawatts uh, a large passenger ship would need are very difficult to, to gain from uh, photovoltaic elements. Nevertheless, uh, yeah, it's a contribution. Did you say 10 megawatts uh, of power? Several 10. Several tens, Several tens so. of megawatts. That's the pa- that's the yes. overall power. Now these ships are effectively little cities, right? So you've got everything in them, and in some yes. respects, they're kind of uh, they're 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 testing the boundaries of hybrid generation electric, uh, you know, uh, 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 systems, right? In, in, in these big systems. So, but ten megawatts, multiple multiple tens of megawatts. That's interesting to hear that that's the actual power requirement. I hadn't heard that before. Yeah. And 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 these yeah. sh- the, these ships, uh, the ones that are being built today, uh, are powered by say LNG or hydrogen but they're hybrid systems running electric motors is that that's correct so it, it, this is now the, the indeed established uh, technology so you have diesels that uh, power generators and you have electric motors for propulsion and uh, for passenger ships that's attractive because you can then uh, better balance the, the hotel load and the uh, you know the, the the power you need for propulsion so you you start up uh, the the appropriate number of diesels which then operate in an in an optimum regime uh, as opposed to for instance having one or two very large diesels just for propulsion and and separate smaller ones for generators huh? sure so yes ships are diesel electric these days gotcha huh? 
Okay, so um, yeah. let's let's let me ask you this. We just kind of mapped out some of the different technologies and some of the opportunities here. What do you see happening, best case scenario, in the next five, ten years? I mean, how much of a shift in shipping do you expect to see, and what's going to be the big push? What's going to make it happen? So I think um, what what we see already right now is uh, that the whole shipping industry, not only passenger shipping has to improve on, uh, on the emissions. So there will be regulations coming in place uh, next year. They will be more stringent regarding the allowed sulfur uh, emissions or sulfur oxide emissions. So there you will see a lot of activity. So they will either switch to cleaner fuels or they will install uh, plants on the ships that, that treat the exhaust, like for instance, uh, scrubbers where you oh, wash yeah. out the sulfur uh, oxides and, and also the soot to a certain degree. And yeah, in that context, LNG will, uh, will come. Yeah? So I, I do not yet see hydrogen coming on a, on, a, on a larger scale during the next years, but LNG will come. Uh, another fuel that uh, you know is already used on, 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 on a larger scale maybe is, is methanol. Yeah? There's also a large uh, passenger ferry uh, the Stena Germanica, which is uh, running uh, essentially mostly on, on, on methanol. Huh? And the interesting thing there is maybe you can, you can find um, sustainable whales to, to make uh, methane or, or methanol. Huh? And <clears throat> another idea might actually be in a transition period to add the hydrogen to the, to the methane. I mean, the the Wobbe index, which describes how the flame of a gas is burning, is, is very similar. And, and in the past, we had uh, coal gas, which was a mix of, of hydrogen, methane, and some, some other gases. So maybe that is also a way to have a transition to a hydrogen-based uh, shipping so economy. a hybrid fuel mixing in hydrogen. Yes, why not? Huh? Yeah, yeah. So, okay, let's shift gears a little bit. Yeah, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah. So uh, we, we have um, Greta, Greta Thun, Thun, Thunberg, Thunberg, the, the young 16-year-old uh, 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 activist talking about climate change. Today mm -hmm. happens to be the day that we have climate strikes uh, uh, by school children all around the country, maybe the world, right? Uh, there's climate uh, uh, summits in New York right now. Uh, Peace Boat Nico ship are involved in one. I know Greta is speaking at mm -hmm. one. Uh, so you get all this activity. You got this dialogue about climate change. You got this uh, different technology that's being deployed. It sounds exciting. It sounds enthusiastic. And one of the things that tends to happen when we sit down with physicists is, and I don't know if this is your case or not, but I'll just share with you what my experience has been. Yeah. Physicists are very math-based. And they, they're like, they tend to be a little uh, skeptical about our ability to manage climate change with renewables. And I, uh, I, I, you know, I, I share that skepticism, frankly. So I wonder where you're at with this. Do you, uh, can, we, can we save the world with solar and wind and tidal and renewables and all this? Or do we need to employ a different technology people might not like too much? So uh, there's a reason why I'm, I'm passionate about uh, nuclear fusion. Yeah? So unfortunately, I also don't believe that it will be feasible to do this with renewables. Huh? Um, and, and unfortunately, I also have to say that for this transition to a future where we hopefully have access to uh, power from a nuclear fusion, we, we might have to reconsider uh, fission. Huh? So this is indeed something that's missing in the, in the ongoing debate. Huh? 
Um, there are very serious issues with fission. Yeah? It's uh, the accident risk, as unlikely as accidents might be, but they have potentially a huge impact. And of course, we um, have, as of today, no solution for the waste, which will be radioactive for a very, very long time beyond our uh, our imagination. Uh, nevertheless, uh, the, the climate crisis we face is also uh, rather serious, huh? and and this this uh, is not only destroying our environment. Uh, people are indeed dying. So I think indeed that we 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 have to look beyond renewables in this context. Yeah, because it is a crisis. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, and that seems to be uh, a, a strong opinion among like when you're when you're talking with you know scientists. Uh, they, I, I hear this. I've heard this kind of repeated a couple of times. I don't hear that at all in the general dialogue. I, I what I hear in the general dialogue in the public kind of discourse is we got to change our ways. Uh, we got to move towards renewables. I think it's, it's and who would disagree with that? Right. So and um, but the concern is if we if we do that without really considering the full math and the full consequence, and we get that's a massive policy, uh, you know, like the Green New Deal. I've been reading uh, Bernie Sanders Green New Deal. It's like 30 pages, mm -hmm. policy driven stuff. Yeah. Right. And then you've got uh, I think Warren re recently released hers and there's other ones out there. And people are talking about complete. I mean, people talk about nationalizing electric grid, talking about completely different. I mean, wide sweeping policy changes. And I'm a liberal guy, I got to tell you. But I mean, the notion of the government getting a hold of electric grid, it's like it, it concerns me a little bit. Also, because of this fact, I don't see fission represented there. And, and why isn't it represented there? Is there not a sane voice for fission and how it plays a role in uh, in this attack, in this in this approach to combating climate change? Who, who's saying that? And, and and SMR too, you know? Yeah, small it's, modular reactor. Yeah, yeah, it, that's the one. That stuff is awesome. Like it's exciting. Yeah, it, it is exciting. And if you think the physicists will throw some reality into the mix, uh, imagine the investment guys uh, throwing more reality into it. Yeah, SMRs, you know, it's. I sat in on an investment uh, circle in Toronto with a bunch of guys uh, from Wall Street and the Canadian government about SMRs, and it was really interesting to hear them talk about trying to catalyze, an, a, you know, a nuclear industry in uh, Canada yeah. and how, uh, the, how the investment community was kind of, uh, they, they were actually very hesitant. And there were people there from uh, France and from Ukraine that have experience in the French nuclear industry, and they're saying, look, this takes massive government injection and stability and long-term capital in order to be able to do it, right? Well, at that's what the S stand, that's where the S comes in because it doesn't take as much if you do it on a small scale. If, so. Oh, if the small modular reactors, yeah, yeah. Well, I guess that's the point. It takes right? a lot less, right? And, right, and we're right. much further down the road in technology. And, and 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 I wasn't talking about the investment world related to SMR. I'm talking about the investment realities and the and the monetary realities of both where we are in society and some of the proposals. Right. Right. Okay, uh, Dr. Ernst, we've got a few minutes left yep. here. Thank you. Um, I wanted to, is there, are there any last words? Can you, can you wrap this up for us? Is there a sense, do you, are you optimistic about this? Is, 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 is Maritime gonna, gonna, gonna lead the way in, in showing how we can, uh, <laughs> we can, we can uh, green our, our cruise ships and then are we gonna see other great things happening? Are you pessimistic? What's your final words? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure whether the maritime industry will, will lead the way, but I am very optimistic that we can do much better than we do today. Huh? And, you know, it, it's, it's more the system we have to change. So, for instance, to enable the use of sail, we, we might have to change a bit how we transport goods. Huh? 
But uh, overall, I'm in general optimistic. Huh? I'm also optimistic that we can uh, yeah, uh, find a, a, a solution for the climate crisis we are facing right now. This might not be nice. There will be hard times ahead of us. But overall, I think it is doable. Okay. All right. Well, thank you very much, Dr. Ernst. We really appreciate your time today. It's been uh, great to get to know you. We'll have to keep in touch, and, and I want to uh, learn more about some of these, uh, these groups that are, that are working on uh, all the big changes to cruising uh, out in, in Europe with you. So I look forward to talking with you soon. Well, thanks a lot. It was great fun. Aloha. 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 Thank you. Okay, there you go. Uh, Dr. Ernst Galuchek uh, from uh, the Netherlands talking about uh, the cruising industry and some of the technical uh, advances we can make to uh, to possibly uh, green and, and get rid of those GHGs. Um, you know, and uh, Jay, you still there, buddy? Can you hear us okay? Yeah, okay. There he is. Okay, good, good, good. We had some overlap before. Love those tactical things. Uh, so what's your take on that, Jay? Do you feel like uh, you, you think we're going to see um, some some big uh, sales on ships? Um, sales, I don't, I, don't, I don't know if that's necessarily likely, but there, there, there's going to be change in every industry. I mean, that, that's the only constant, right? <laughs> is Amazon going to, is there going to be like a Tesla of the seas and Amazon's going to buy it? And ship it on its own goods. Oh, <laughs> well, they're definitely, they're definitely going to be invested in it because they're going to be shipping. Are they going to be like, we ordered 100 new ships that are completely uh, solar powered and high powered by hydrogen or something? Well, and, and, well you don't understand. Actually, actually, there's a really interesting phenomenon is that there's there's a, a decent amount of data centers that are on ships. And I don't know if this is, this is relatively widely known, um, but they do that so that they can move them out of the way. I mean, if there's some na crazy natural disaster, earthquakes or whatever else, oh. they can actually... Uh, so they Amazon can, can already has the ships. <laughs> they already have some ships. Google owns some ships, and they're literally filled with computers. And they generally don't go anywhere. They just sit there in, in the dock um, because they're connected hardline. But if they need to move it, they can move it. Whoa. And that's, that's, that's a thing. That's pretty cool. <laughs> All right. There you go. Brian? Well, I was going to say, the market is pushing for green travel, right? So that alone will sure. drive demand on the stuff. And look at, like, Lindblad Expeditions, you know? And, and <coughs> they're going into off-site places. But anyways, uh, great show. Alrighty. Very good. Hey, folks, this has been The Solar Coaster. We are sponsored by Pantech Design, LG Chem, and Sundrum Solar. It's been a great show. Thank you very much for listening, and have a wonderful Aloha Friday. <laughs>